<laughs> it's funny when you think about it that like our ability to communicate expressively in text is controlled by a governing body based out of Japan. Is this the Unicode consortium thing? Well, emoji, yeah, and Unicode too. Like they got to make space in the spec to add these new things, and like people got, and then also like Apple for a long time didn't want to include the middle finger emoji because it didn't jive with the Apple brand. Uh, I don't think that was necessarily just Apple though. I don't think it was officially part of the Unicode stuff until okay. until more recently. Uh, but like Skype the, added it, the it's just long a dream and prosper Spock thing had been in right. there for a while, and then Apple added it, but didn't add it to the emoji picker. So you had oh, like you could right. you had to type it out, but you could go and find it like in, and, and, and then paste. you had to copy and paste it. So like I had copied it, and then set it as a uh, autocorrect. <laughs> so if I typed LLAP, live long and prosper, it would correct it to the Spock hand. God, that's so much work, and uh, you're so nerdy. I love it. It's so good. And then, <laughs> it's so like, good. Literally a month after I set that up, Apple updated iOS to whatever dot whatever, and that one got added. I was like, God damn it! So much work for that. Hello, and welcome to Interface. My name is Andrew Liljan. With me, as always, are Chase Musil and Ian Fuchs. So, Chase, I heard that you were just completely blown away by the stuff that Apple released at WWDC. I am so excited for confetti. Oh, my gosh. Wait, no, I'm done. That's You joke, but I've already had a lot of great fun with the lasers and the eggplant emoji. I'm really happy for you guys. <laughs> I'm really happy for you guys. I think I've been on the receiving end of some of that lasered eggplant. <laughs> uh, just the one, actually, yes. <laughs> I never want to be on the receiving end of your eggplant. Let's be. Let's make, <laughs> let's make it clear. You say that now <laughs> until you get confetti to pop out of it. All right. So, <laughs> so can you explain to me why I should be excited? I'll just because I watched some of it and I read some, you know, some summary stuff. Why should I be excited for all these new interactions in chat? Summary stuff. Are you talking Andrew and I having our flip out and Skype about? Or, or <laughs> no, I'm not talking about, about you no, not you two having your rain dance around every announcement. I'm talking I'm talking about reading a well-thought-out and well-articulated summary piece on some tech news site, which I don't remember. So, just to be clear to the, the listeners at home, we're not turning into an Apple News podcast. Uh, but we are really excited, at least Ian and I are, about the things that came out there. Although my favorite bit is how they had, like, so it was Apple Watch, TVOS, and then iOS. And for the Apple Watch section, like, we have this great new feature people are going to love. Where the audio messages, front and center, a really great thing. And then in the iOS section, like, oh, we took voicemail and took the voice out of it so you don't have to listen to these stupid audio messages anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of true. It's really good. That's why they put them so far apart so you wouldn't notice. <laughs> oh, it helps you forget. So specifically with, with chat interfaces and all this context, why should I be excited about stickers and confetti and, you know, the things that... So, so can, I, can I call this like the Snapchat-esque, like in a post-Snapchat world, this is the, the standard of living we all are used to? Is that what we're getting at? If you want to be sassy about it, but really, I think it was Facebook Messenger that launched this. Is it? Are they, do you think that... Yeah, that was the first place that the widespread this? usage of stickers was, okay. yeah. And I think what's really great about these sorts of things is that because when you're communicating with somebody who isn't there with you, you are basically restricted to either calling them, which sucks, as we know, because of voicemail, or you have to use chat. Why are you smiling at me like that? Chase is a fan of calling people. I have a feeling. No, I'm not. Yeah. I'm absolutely not a fan of calling people. <laughs> that is so not true. Okay. That is, okay. I swear to God, out of all my friends who called me, you were the only one. And you have done it like five times really? since I've known you. 
I'll take that as a kindness. Yeah. You can take that with a grain of salt because I hate doing it. No, it, it is. It's great. I, I, I just see, like, I'll see Chase Mitchell pop up and I'm like, why is Chase calling me? <laughs> and then I pick up the phone and I'm like, I just wanted to chat for a while. I was like, what? So what you doing? <laughs> it's just a uh, quarter to nine and the bubbles are just right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, because you're stuck with using chat, I think... Like anything that allow or to text, anything that allows you to be more expressive and more communicative with the text and the the platforms that you have are a net benefit for communication over long distance like that. Also, they're just so much fun. I think my bigger question is why? Why have we devolved, evolved? I don't know which way it is yet. Um, into a society of people who have to use emoji and text to communicate everything. Why? Like devolved, what, devolved. We've been using we've been using emoticons since like the eighties. We've been using emoticons and pictures since like pre prehistory. Some like, say it predates words. Somebody somebody did a cave painting. We found a cave painting of like a semicolon and a smiley face we'll, we'll, to try to pick up a lady. <laughs> we'll fact check the caveman stuff later. Yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's been a, a thing that's been used. Like hieroglyphics were emoji of their day. Here we go. Emoticons in 1881. I mean, there's been a, they've been around for a long time, right? Because it turns out that text is a pretty efficient way of communicating with people, but it isn't a very expressive way of doing it. So, Ian, what is so your gripe then is? My gripe is the world is changing, and I don't understand it. <laughs> no, I don't understand Snapchat. That's that's totally different than saying the world is changing or portrait video. Um, oh my! <laughs> not going to go down that rabbit hole. Oh look, a rabbit hole! I stepped uh, over it. <laughs> um, no, my my thing is like. Yes, I, I love being able to communicate via typed out text or written text because it's convenient and it doesn't really take much time to do. Um, but why have we switched to a society that has to stop using appropriate uh, punctuation or fake words or little pictures to portray everything we want to do? Like, I, I totally understand... Um, using emoji to add emphasis to a message you're typing, but I don't understand why you'd have to use emoji to replace things you're typing. Okay, let's be clear. All words are made up. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that's true. Um, okay. <laughs> so the problem the problem is that text works well enough and you think and there's scenarios in which you don't want to enhance your text with these pictures or whatever, right? I, is that, I mean, that could just be personal critique because like in my own personal journey, right? You, we learned how to text with T9 essentially. And so by texting with T9, it was all about shorthand because shorter was better in that scenario. Sure. And you're, you know, you're rewriting U with the, just the letter U and you're not instead of typing A-R-E, you're typing just the letter R for R, right? And all that type of stuff. And now I've turned it around to where I really dislike any shorthand. And if you ever write LT number eight to me r for later i'll be you know whatever that abbreviation is i won't be happy l8 later let's not think about how i wrote that because obviously (laughs) i don't use it so l yeah if you ever write if you ever write the letters c and then u and then l8r i'll be real upset not good noted anyway um i feel like I don't know if that's just growing up or if that's conversation. Like, like, do teenagers still, you know, use that type of shorthand? I don't know. I thought, I for me, I feel like I felt like it was more of a restrictive, um, you know, technology at the time because we're using T nine. We wanted to be shorthand, but maybe it could just be changing of age as well. That's thank you for typing out. See you later. Yeah, I was just making sure that was just fact checking the way you spelled that. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't think it's a negative thing, right? It just it's letting us do more than we were able to before. 
and it just language changes over time. So now we don't use semicolon, or now we don't use periods in our messages, uh, except when we want to communicate a certain sort of thing. And we use people use LOL all the time as sort of a. <laughs> it's like a flag of saying like I'm not like I don't even know it's just like it's become like three letters that have lost all meaning entirely yeah, it, it, it no longer means I'm laughing I'm definitely not doing it out loud but I saw a Twitter post where somebody like it was a back and forth with a bot and they were just using unbelievably dirty language just the meanest insults but they every single sentence there ended with the phrase LOLs like you can't yeah. like be cussing somebody out like that and then say LOL it's just that's one with I all respect I think you're an effing idiot <laughs> LOL. <laughs> yeah. Right, exactly. But it's not even like a like a chuckle to yourself, it's just like that's what you type at the end of something. Lots of love. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. Isn't that what that means? So I mean so this is why people are excited though, right? They want to have they want to infuse their text with more emotion. That's what you're talking about, correct, Andrew? It's like Yeah, and even more than that, it's personalized personalizing what you can do, right? Like you can do there's like forty different uh like love stickers on Facebook and there's like dogs and people with computers and weird rabbits and stuff like that. And you can choose whatever you want. It doesn't really matter. It's, uh, it's just a way of expressing yourself exactly the way you'd like to in text or at least getting so close. Part of this is, is separating out different things we're talking about here. There's emoticons, there's emoji, there's stickers. And then when we're talking about the confetti and the disco lights and all of that stuff, that's like mm-hmm. yet another layer of mm-hmm. like background to, I don't know, add, add additional weight to what you're trying to say. Is that how that works? Um, or, or some yeah. of like the, the Google allo effects or the iMessage in iOS 10 effect Hello. where they, you can make the text bigger or smaller, or whatever. Some of that stuff that just adds another element of like meaning behind what you're trying to do. It's not always meaning or weight. It's just another way of communicating, th- right? I think like, it can be though. It can be meeting. Yeah, right. it definitely can be. Because like, like if I'm going to send somebody just sorry, and it just says sorry, there's there's no emotion with that. Now, on the other hand, if I send you right. sorry, and it's the big like jump up and yell in your face where it like gets really big, it's like, sorry, which obviously doesn't sound very sincere. And if it's the little tiny sorry, it's like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, I actually feel bad. So it does, yeah. it, it can actually change the emotion of that. But at the same time, is that necessary to make texting more effective also for what it's worth. If I just type the word, sorry out, I'm going to put a period at the end because grammar. Oh my God. Yeah, because fine. Because unlike some kids, and you I can't. use proper punctuation and, you know, Chase uses the example of C U L eight R never in my life until today in the converse, in our little chat after he said it, had I ever typed that because if I need to type the word C, I'm going to type S-E-E because it's three letters. It's not that hard. You're talking, you're talking to the dude who says, I don't know, that's P interesting. (laughs) That's true. It's, it's so much work. (laughs) And do you use, do you use the letters or do you use a dot, dot, dot in all of your messages (laughs) to replace all the periods that are missing in everybody else's? (laughs) The gloves are off. The gloves have come (laughs) off. (laughs) Andrew, abbreviation, little instead. The reason I do that is because it's my alternative to using two spaces after a period because apparently that's apparently wrong. That's against the f- rules now. <laughs> that's wrong. <laughs> All right. So can I, or can we say this? There no. are methods to, okay, well, we're not, we're done. We're back, <laughs> you need to cut this up. whole part out of the podcast. This can't be in there. This is garbage. As we're talking. Cortana is attempting to you know, dictate everything I'm saying. So I don't know what just happened. There. Um, 
So can we say that with chat, there are, I don't know, whatever you want to call it, emojis, emoticons, just using simple, you know, simple smiley faces or like textual based things, right? Um, that's all sort of like one way to supplement words or supplement meaning or add different things. But on the other hand, you have things like the disco lights and the, like the weird Snapchat filters that are more like augmentation of your of your chat or what your communication is, right? So you have things that are sort of like additive in the augmentation tools. Is that fair? I think you have that. And you also have things where you have either replacements for words or things that add meaning or change the context or portray the emotion that goes with whatever you're trying to say. So yeah, like I said, you, know, you, can, you can have the, the difference between something that is a supplement to the sentence mm-hmm. yeah, and something that is a replacement in the sentence. Is that the right way to say that? I think, I think I, I like augmentation. Yeah. No, I, I think there's something that the, there's things that you can add or replace and that's the emoji stuff. And there's all the other stuff, which is like fundamentally changing the message. Right. I think it's fair to say that given a way of communicate or given a, a non, I don't know, not talking, basically a method of communicating that isn't talking, humans are going to find a way to enhance it to suit their needs. Yeah, that's fine. Whether that need is just like, I want to look like a puppy dog because I think it's cute and I like my friends laugh or it's like saying sorry in this message isn't fully communicating the intent of what I want to say because I lack the ability to have body language or control of my tone of voice with just sure. letters. Mm-hmm. Like people are just going to adapt to get it to do what they need so, to do. So with that, let's, let's talk the, the punctuation thing that yeah. I, I posted the other day yeah. where you're talking about portraying an emotion and, and how do you portray an emotion just in text and that like the period somehow portrays a serious tone. Or an exclamation, con- like, an exclamation point makes sense because it's an exclamation point. It's always just meant like excitement. Mm-hmm. And you read something with a question and in your mind you can automatically add that little uptick in your mm-hmm. your pitch as you read it in your head to sure. know that it's... The interrogative inflection. Um, but where did other punctuation fall away and how did it fall away and why did it fall away and why is a period serious tone and and if i do a sentence with a period on the end that has a serious tone but then i do the little winky with the tongue sticking out emoji after it does that like offset every time you talk about this you get so worked up it's so funny <laughs> i'm gonna point the finger squarely at text messaging when you have a limited number of characters to express yourself with every single character makes sense and if you can complete a thought and it's like it just makes sense as it is without a period, then you're going to admit the periods. So you can include more information in that. Yeah, I agree with that. I think, I think it's all contextual. And so because we've been driven, I don't know, is this true? Like enough of us went through text message requirements that it sort of retrained us to think in shorthand. So there's that, there's that, you know, like when we all had 140 characters or less and we were actually limited to that as opposed to now we can have multi, whatever, have as much message as you want. But secondly, um, it's still a ma- in that it's still an amount of effort to consider, right? So, like when I'm ty- typing on my phone, I really don't want to type more than I need to. So, I generally type shorter. Like my email replies are shorter on phone, generally speaking. My text messages are shorter on phone, generally speaking. And then when I switch to a keyboard, even if I'm using the same platform, it could be a text message or an email, but I'm typing on a keyboard, my reply length changes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, there's Twitter now too, and also like the affordance of whatever text entry device you're using. Mm-hmm. And I think also part of the reason why we tend to use shorter sentences is because uh, you can't possibly type and read and be engaged in a conversation at the same speed you could when you're speaking. Mm-hmm. 
And so we, I think in a better a way to approximate that, we just have shorter, we have more messages in a row that are shorter, or at least this is how I do it. So it's more like actually speaking. So I get my thoughts all out there like that in the same way you would when you're talking. So does, does voice input make a difference for that? My mom does voice input and it's a real pain in the ass. Cause, uh, like she always just has to talk to Siri and I can never tell if she's texting me back or not. Cause it'll show a little dot, dot, dot for a few seconds and then go away. And then I get like this huge block of text that she's <laughs> typed into Siri. Yeah, does she at least dictate the punctuation? Oh my god, okay, yes, I do that too. I believe yeah. I believe it's I hilarious out for doing that pre-show a couple weeks it's ago. It's hilarious. It this makes me. Th- it reminds me of I don't know what what it was if it was like Freakonomics or Radiolab or something, but they talked about the Greg or whatever that shorthand system, like the how you can like write two hundred words a minute. It's the same thing, right? Ninety nine pi. What was it? Ninety nine percent invisible. Something. Oh, like um, it could be. Yeah, I don't know. One of those NPR shows, but. Yeah, the idea that like it's the same concept. None of those shows are on NPR. It's the show that's on NPR. Back to the story. So we're talking. So like, if you want to do you know 100 words a minute written, it's all the same concept though that you cut out all the unnecessary syllables, you cut out the unnecessary characters. It's exactly what we're talking about. It's just more information in a short amount of in a short amount of like you know data actually. Yeah, it's it's higher information density. Yeah, it is higher information. And then also. then, so you can think of that just like we have multiple channels for communication. You can, when you're talking face to face, it's body language, it's facial expression, it's tone of voice, it's inflection, it's all these things. When you're doing a text message, now you have these other tools to approximate those other channels of communication. Yeah. So can we talk? So we're we're slightly off the messaging platform system. Can we talk about why? Um, can we talk about why Snapchat and Facebook Messenger are successful then? As because there are a million chat platforms, right? There's a million ways to talk to other people. But I think that the success of Snapchat is really something unique. And it's the pictures, right? There's a huge component of it. But there's also just, like, the brevity. There's the privacy component. And also, more to what we're talking about, there's, like, the customization and the personalization component. So I think there's something really important. Because if I send if I send you a Snapchat that says, what's up, man? And I could send it to, like, five guys who I deem man, right? And you don't know. But if I say, what's up, Andrew? Or, hey, how's Taylor doing? Or if I say, hey, hey how's CJ doing? Did Ian, right? Like, that's a custom message to you, and it's definitely more personal. And I think I think that's a huge component of why Snapchat is successful, because it makes all that way easier. Except when you get... The, the counterpoint to that is those freaking LinkedIn recruiter mails, where you can tell just, like, some auto-generated garbage that's been thrown at you that just happens to have your name slotted sure. in somewhere. That's not the it's same as Snapchat, though. That's fundamentally different. No, I know. I'm just saying that's an abuse of oh, that same sort of yeah. thing where it's intended to feel like it's more personal, yeah, but it's really you not. Want, okay, r- real quick, I have to tell you, the best example of the fake personal letter that I've received recently was before Christmas, we got like a holiday card and it was addressed to Sarah in like pseudo handwritten whatever. And I'm like, oh, I thought it was just handwritten or whatever. And it's a direct TV thing. This has like been their mailer for the last few months. We opened the first one and it's a direct TV advertisement. I'm like, this is so dirty. And you throw it away. And now every single week we get like that. We're like, okay, it's just direct TV. Because oh, the actual but it, name on the outside looks like it's handwritten. Yeah, and it's like a nice handwritten return address, and yeah. yeah. There's a company that discovered that they get like like a three percent increase in conversions if they have something that's actually handwritten, but they couldn't afford to actually pay people to handwrite stuff. So this is they this is not a joke. They got I have to find it. They built a robot to sign things for them. Oh my god! So it would be actually handwritten. So it's like a but CNC machine, and they just put a pen in its hand instead that's of exactly uh, what it is. That's yeah. interesting. So, so that all that all goes to this idea of how do you personalize things when it comes to printed things? Just adding a physical handwritten or what appears to be handwritten uh, section of text makes it seem more real, which then makes it feel more personal because you're like, oh, someone spent the time to write this thing to me, yeah. Even if in in reality they didn't, 
And so, so that goes back to, to Chase's point. If they call you out personally, it feels more meaningful. So, right. If you're using Snapchat, so the way, the one I'm thinking about here is like because you have these new ways of communicating and you can personalize it for people or for things, how weird would it be if you got like like a puppy Snapchat from some random person you didn't know? Like this personal, but it's really uncomfortable in sort of the same way where you'd be talking to somebody and they like get real up in your personal face or open up way too much about themselves too soon. Right? Is that, are those similar? Uh, I think there's analogs there. I think that the fundamental difference is that you don't have, you're not forced with that confrontation with Snapchat or any other, like I, you're not staring at me in the face so you can just ignore it. And I feel like that's the way a lot of people treat a lot of internet, um, unwanted interaction on the internet. You just, you know, ignore it, put it away, delete it. If you still got to still to deal with it. And it's hard for us to say because we are three white men. We don't yeah. deal with abuse on the internet in the same way that other people yeah, do. That's true. Like I imagine if you are like getting dick pics all the time that like just drains you emotionally. Hey, don't check your Snapchat. <laughs> Well, did you, so there's an article that that talked about um, a woman who received a random dick pic from a guy, and all she had done is left a nice review for a restaurant, and so then she like bombarded him with dick yeah. pics, and like it was like a you know like the internet calls it the perfect counter to it or whatever, and then calls him out on being inappropriate, and he's like, please don't put this on the internet, right? So like that's a super uncomfortable thing, but she dealt with it. I just feel like the easier, if not, it's not necessarily correct, but the easier way to deal with it is just to ignore it, and you just don't have that. You don't have to do that in real. You don't have to do that on the internet, but you don't. You have to do it in real life. I mean, you could ignore it and walk away, but that's way more awkward. Hey, everybody. It's Ian, and I just wanted to take a moment to talk to you about the show. Firstly, if you haven't subscribed to the show, you can do that by heading to interface.fm slash IAN. From there, you will be able to subscribe in iTunes, Overcast, Pocket Cast, or grab the RSS feed for whatever other podcast player you might be using. Android, am I right? Secondly, if you're enjoying this episode or have enjoyed any of the previous episodes of Interface, we would truly appreciate it if you would give us a rating or review on iTunes. It helps people find the right show in their podcast apps. Thirdly, social media is an important thing in this era. So important, in fact, that we're on a bunch of them. So if you're into social media, you can uh, like our page on Facebook, just search Interface Podcast and click like on the page. If you're into Twitter like I am, you can uh, follow us at underscore interface FM. Fourthly and lastly, if you're listening to this ad right now, we would be so ever grateful if you could tell a friend about the show. There are literally hundreds of messaging apps out there, so you have lots of ways to tell a friend. And if somebody told you about the show, welcome to the Interface Club. So of all these augmentations to chat platforms, now you know iOS is adding new things. Is it so? My first thought when you guys were talking about when you guys were having your joy explosion about all the different things that you can <laughs> augment your text with, is it just the fact that you can do it, or like, do you really need stickers and emojis and lasers? Like, are they all required, or is it like you find yourself just using a couple tools, or they all have their own specific use cases? Chase, you're talking about a device that we have in our pockets that can make instantaneous direct voice connections to anybody on the planet. No, you don't need any of that. <laughs> okay. What? Well, there's the literal not, answer not I was even, looking for. Not even just voice connections. You can make video connections. You can see them face to face. With Duo. Wait. <laughs> but that's the point, right? Like you, you can make calls, you can do whatever. But that's not like there's no need no, necessarily for that. I could drive over sure. to somebody's place and go say hello to them, but it's it's ease and then as things get easier you want more ways of expressing yourself within sure. those same And channels. I think this all goes back to that idea of generationally like we are in the generation being the 
25 to 30, I would say. Um, and I don't, I guess I don't know how broad our generation is. It's probably more than five years, probably 10 years, 25 to 35. We'll go with that. Um, we are in that generation where we had times in our lives where we only had a home phone. So making a phone call is a normal thing, but we also had cell phones where we were limited to 160 characters, um, to send a text message. And even more so than that, we were limited to maybe 200 text messages a month or 500 text messages a month. So it was like you had to use all 160 characters and really use them well versus now where you're in this, this world of unlimited sending messages to people. And, uh, um, every, God, I remember when I got a phone that would automatically paginate text messages. So if you went over the 160 character limit, it would automatically do it up to nine extra pages. Like, oh, I'm never going to oh, use why, that. Why much would text? I ever need all that? No, you burn right. right through it. Right. <laughs> but you get those text messages and you're like, why did you send me this? Right. Right. Yeah. Um, but like I said, it's it, because we're part of this, this generation that's had all of it. I think things like the stickers and the animated backgrounds and the, text effects and the ability to make yourself face look, swap. like face swap or look like a dog or robot yeah. or Iron Man Cute or whatever it is like yeah. all of that stuff on for our generation is much less important than the generation below us that seems to think that everything has to be a, a digital communication and it's more personal if their face is attached to it and they can use all these other effects to add extra meaning to what they're trying to say. So man, we talk about how like, now it's all the stuff that we're used to. So if we're used to this kind of stuff, because if you like gave a phone, like messaging, you gave it to my grandmother, she would have no idea how to do it. Like there's not even a send button anymore in the new version. It's this little arrow that like pushes it up. It's totally, utterly baffling, but it makes a lot of sense to us. Can you imagine what it's like for people who are growing up with this stuff now Yeah. I just, and what they're going to do with it? I have it? to add, my grandma is a pro Snapchatter. Just, just want to put that, put that in there. <laughs> Jeez. Well, but, I mean, speaking of Snapchats and the kids, like there's this article on Kaki about Snapchatting like the teens and it's just like, they use it in a totally different way than the rest of us yeah. do. It's like, you can see the, see, you can see like some of the things I've seen Sarah send to her friends is like scratching at the periphery of how teens use that today. Right. Like the goofy colored screens with like a full, you know, like what heavy editing, I will just say it's like, it seems like super heavy editing. Right. It's, it's not even really communicating at that point. Uh, Kake describes it as virtual eye contact, uh, like virtual primate social grooming, which is really what it is, right? It's not, it's like, here's me. Hello. I'm looking at you. That's very neat. We're looking at each other. That's wonderful. So what's next? What comes with, what's the next evolution of this? I think it's totally unpredictable. I mean, we've, we've gone from written letters to phone calls to 160 character, well, to email to, 160 character abbreviated messages. Yeah, there's some other stuff in there. Uh, Actually, that reminds me. There's a great book I have. It's called uh, The Victorian Internet, and it's all about the the development of the first telegraph systems in the United States and England and how that sort of led to the development of a proto-internet and how it influenced the Victorian culture in a really powerful way. Oh, that's cool. I highly recommend it. What's it called? The Victorian Internet. Got it. Um, That's interesting. It's like what technology do you have and what constraints does it place on you, right? Sure. Right, right. And so there's people, because they were all operators who'd be sitting at the desk, they get a message, they send it out there, and they developed a shorthand and that kind of thing for it. But because the, the same operator every day, you knew what line they were on, you developed these relationships with people uh, because you talk to them all the time. Mm-hmm. And when there was downtime, you just send messages back and forth to each other. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. It's a fascinating book. So like I said, so what's what's next? If it's If we went from text to text that was not character count restricted to emoticons to emoji to 
pictures I mean, to all these so filters. I don't, and I don't know. I don't know how you send it, but I'm a huge proponent of, of affective computing in the future. And so, I mean, I'm personally biased by this because it's a lot of my research, but um, I really think in the same way that you talked about sending your heart rate back and forth as like a very personal way to say, hey, I'm here, right? Like, I'm just thinking of you. I think that there's going to be a way to send your emotion back and forth. Like, like I could feel like a flutter of like pride or like I could feel really excited about something and there's going to be a way, I don't know if it's tactile and if it's visual and if it, it's a conversion in between because we're backwards compatible or whatever, like there's going to be some way for me to share that with you without having to like in the sense that I have backwards ex- compatible with each other. Well, yeah, that's right. No, I mean like if I have, if I'm wearing some type of device or have something that's pin- picking up that I'm excited and I want to share my excitement with you, right? Like it, I don't know how that how you interpret that, but but by yeah, back there's compat, an application for wearables. Yeah, right. Seriously, but um, but there's back compat, so that way when you get it on your phone because you don't have a device to be able to interpret my signal, it will show up as the uh, the uh, you know the uh, equivalent emoji, right, or something. So that's what I mean by like downscaling it to you know non whatever non effective computing devices. But I think that's I think that's a thing. Like I think it's going to be a thing, and I think you guys have already scratched on it with the heart rate thing. I, I want to pitch my idea as your so backwards that, that, compatibility colors seems like the easiest way to do it yeah but i i think if you have a wearable that can do input output that'd be really cool because like a lot of what causes people to feel anxiety is the like you feel your heart thumping you feel your veins constrict and all that kind of thing if you could do something that can produce similar symptoms in somebody else then like you're feeling excited but you just want to you can like press a button on your wearable and then translate that sensation to somebody Hooray. else that would be incredibly all right let me tell you about an actual thing that i discussed um in a in a previous time for research and it has totally application here it we we um we threw out the idea of being able to have a wearable sense your you know sense your heart rate or sense your other physiological signals like electrodermal activity and you can use things like that to figure out what somebody's emotion is and in a scenario in which you might be somebody who's prone to social anxiety you'd be able to have a non-discreet way to communicate your uh, your discomfort to someone who would be in a position to either help you hear you or intervene so take this scenario if you are someone who has high social anxiety and you're in a high pressure like meeting or you're something and your boss knows this or whatever and you feel this way you'd be able to you know discreetly press a button on your watch or whatever your wearable is or something and then they get a message that says you know chase is uncomfortable or you know like or just be like you know chase frowny face or whatever happens to be then they would be aware of your you know your discomfort and they'd be able to either take some action as to intervening or to like let you know or take a break and i think it'd be hugely powerful for someone in that situation and that's a real thing. That's very cool. That's yeah. super cool. I, I almost thought you were going to say a wear, like they would have a wearable that would send something to like someone else with a machine hooked to them. And it was like, oh, Chase is uncomfortable. And then all of a sudden it like oh. pumps you full of some chemical that now makes you feel uncomfortable. <laughs> and I was like, this is really weird. <laughs> Welcome I, to my world. <laughs> God. Chase is depressed. It's like, and they just pump you full of like... It's a little like the uh, the migraine simulator for like where you put on the huge headphones and the VR headset and like there's crazy colors and bad sounds and like oh this is what a migraine feels like no so there's and there's like a that's a whole other world of like you know having empathy or like near empathy experiences for someone um but anyway I think I think any tool that allows you to communicate uh, more effectively and more personally with a less effort is where things are going yeah, I agree with that. And, and more and you add in the privacy component and then you have something that's really it's really useful yeah which is what i think that's why snapchat took off was it allowed you to very quickly communicate with each other uh in a way that could be guaranteed to be absolutely private well yeah. or, like ostensibly on the that's service the sale, right there's always security issues yeah. but yeah. I mean, the premise though is like snapchat's snapchat is so hugely successful 
because people realized that they didn't want everything ever to be on the internet, right? Like there's the right. vast majority of your life. You actually don't want to be on Facebook or Twitter. And Snapchat clearly filled the niche. This one of the, the virtual eye contact, virtual eye contact, no, I agree short that. messages, short life. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I just don't like so it. So in the future, <laughs> when we're recording, I'm going to be able to send you a message that says, Chase is dying, please. <laughs> I need to, no, I don't know. I was, or it could be like, I'm suit. You could see my discomfort, not only on my face, but you could see it, you know, empirically. I can feel screen. it. Oh, better yet, if I could it. send you my discomfort and then all of a sudden right, all your yeah. bladders would be full because I've needed to pee for the last hour. <laughs> discomfort gram. There it is. <laughs> discomfort gram. <laughs> <laughs> harass your friends amuse your enemies harassment grab god can you imagine the pranksters who would like when they blackout drunk thrown up at the toilet pass that vomit that nausea along to their friends can you imagine you were being able to record that sensory output and be like, <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, i saved this one for you and sarah's like loading childbirth <laughs> <laughs> you can find show notes for this week's episode at interface.fm slash 11 if you're into reddit you can drop us your favorite emo- emojis at our interface podcast you can also follow the show on twitter at underscore interface fm and use that to send us your questions topic ideas suggestions complaints etc we're on facebook search interface podcast click the mouse cursor and show the like button some love and if you want to be part of the interface elite club on itunes go give us a rating or review finally thanks to you our listeners for tuning in and subscribing we'll be back next monday and every monday like clockwork and chase we will see you I thoroughly enjoy I hadn't thought about this before today, but I really enjoy the fact that Andrew is a hardcore abbreviator and, and Ian fully writes out everything, including ellipses. And so you are antithetical. <laughs> you are antithetical text communicators, which is amazing because if you could quantify the amount of information you successfully transfer, it'd be like Andrew at one thought per 37 words and Ian one thought pot at 52 words <laughs> like average. No, it would be like, it'd be like Andrew at like one thought per 20 words and Ian at like one thought per 22 words or something. It's just like complete your characters, you know, it'd be a minor difference. I don't know. Well, Every what's so funny about that though pretty, is I used to be, uh, but then you have your, your four characters oh. shorter than I am. Even if we say the same yeah. thing. I, I, <laughs> I used to be pretty hardcore about like, perfect capitalization spelling everything out blah, blah, everything like really that and then well and then it started to go down i don't even know why but then i started hanging out with some people online uh who didn't who use that abbreviation all the time and uh it just sort of caught on and that's what i use now but you'll notice i usually only do it for uh adverbs and adjectives yeah that's true no, i mean it's conver- it contextually it always makes sense i've never been confused by your abbreviation I always think somebody's going to wonder what I mean, but everyone always picks up on it. Yeah, it's contextually correct. You don't you don't say like, yeah. it's an R day outside. And you're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I might say it's a P rainy day outside. Yeah, it's, but it could be a P rainy day. Yeah, and I totally get that. But now when I say <laughs> yeah. P rainy, it makes me feel like a like Sarah when she always goes, I can't wear these glasses. It makes me look like a pee pee head. I'm like, oh, what well, pee everywhere? Stop! And then my child pees, and there's just urine. And, uh. That that's V good, Chase. <laughs> Damn it! Why are all these? Why are all your abbreviations P's and V's? <laughs> BC, they just are. <laughs> but if you say it out loud, you sound like a dick. But when they're in text like that, it doesn't really matter. 
I see. I, I think I think that's the but difference D for also me. Works. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what, what the difference is for me though. Is I type things the way that I I would say them, with the exception of the uh, just using returns for new thoughts. And so the fact that I I type the word pretty out is because if I were saying it out loud, I would say yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, right. It's funny when I read stuff too. Is every emoji in my head has a specific sound that goes with it? That's, like someone like another one like, and someone just like mm? yeah, no, that's true. But it's so weird. It's like when your brain sees something in text, it expects you like it just is going to give it a sound whether or not you <laughs> want it to. That's funny. Sometimes some of the emojis actually do a really so. I mean, this is all still actually really good stuff because some of the emojis actually communicate more than a sound. Like they communicate the actual feeling to me. Like there's a few of the emojis that I see and I like, like my balls tighten up and I feel like I'm going to throw up. Like, <laughs> gross. You know what? The, <laughs> like the one of the, the one of the donut and the one of the carrot. You know what? Uh, the uh, the one emoji that's really missing for me is the, and Skype has it, but they need a fingers crossing emoji doesn't or ios doesn't i don't think android has it either but it's the uh the puke emoji oh my god i have so many uses for that it's like anytime something's gross i always look for that one and so see <laughs> what is chase doing with this cj now? and i switched to using the that's weird i was like miming it without knowing the uh the emoji with like the <laughs> doctor mask on and it's yeah. like oh that makes oh, yeah, me yeah. sick that's gross but it's not the same weight as it's not the same that's what i've always used that looks like, like like a space invader or something. I don't know. I can't read that. That's a man with a very scraggly beard. <laughs> but it's funny how we all read them differently. Like the, how everybody interprets emoji differently, right? Like there's no consistent thing for that. 